Podcast episode 56. Oh, what a week that I've had. I've been looking after my son for most of it, watching children's shows such as Mr. Tumble and Something Special and Peppa Pig all day long. I've only just this minute stopped uh, as I gave my child to my ex-girlfriend who looks after him. Uh, uh, if you have children yourself, you will know my pain having to enjoy these programs. If you don't have children but you still watch them, you should probably be sharing a cell with Gary Glitter. Uh who's a guy we like to mention frequently on this show uh, he went down for 16 years right Don was that right right was it uh, if you, yes sure definitely I don't Gareth. know actually. I have not been keeping up with news events of Peter Fines lately well that's the whole point in this Game Central podcast <laughs> Gareth yeah was that fair 16 years Um. well I mean He'd for his victims two eight year olds by the time he's out, his victims will be old enough that he won't care anymore, so there's no chance of a repeat offence. Yeah, and they could attack him in 16 years' time. That's true. They could easily just yeah. kick the shit out of him, because he'll be an old, defenceless man. Yeah. Boys and girls, it's the Game Central Podcast! My name's Rob, the Gaming Master. I'm so happy you could join me and my friends! I love computer games. Do you like playing computer games? What's your favourite game? My favourite computer game at the moment is Dying Light, a game where you must survive on a post-apocalyptic island whilst getting chased by scary monsters. But don't worry, boys and girls, because you are safe listening to the Game Central Podcast. It's fantastic! If you want to play computer games, you'll be wanting a video game console. Video game consoles are so exciting! Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, whatever console you choose, away you go. With love from me, straight to you, you can play with your family too. But before the show starts and we go on our magical journey, let's look around the Game Central Island. Game Central Island is a magical place known around the world as a paradise containing only games that are worthwhile to complete. Look over there, it's Call of Duty 4, Modern Warfare, floating on a cloud of pure awe and inventiveness. Call of Duty, C-A-L-L-O and F. D-U-T-Y-F-U-O-R-M-O-D-E-R-N-W-A-R-F-A-R-E What's that, Josh? You prefer Black Ops? Oh dear, Josh. That's not right, is it? Goodbye, Josh. Oh no, children! Can you hear that noise? Down in Manchester, where nobody goes, there's a hairy monster from the top of his head to the tips of his toes. He's still on bronze, but nobody knows, with regular burger stains down his clothes. Yes, he comes from up north, it's Gareth the Scary Hairy Wolf. Hello, Gareth the Wolf, how are you today? I'm great, kiddies, how are all of you? 
you're okay. Have you taken any children lately, Mr. Gareth Wolf? No, I don't eat children anymore. Oh, what do you eat now? Burgers? Uh, I eat Kit Kat Chunkies almost exclusively, and it's very bad for me, and it's been affecting my health. Have you come across Little Red Riding Hood lately? <laughs> Not lately. Fantastic. Children should be good, shouldn't they, Mr. Wolf? Children should always be very, very good. What happens to children who like Black Ops over Modern Warfare? Uh, children don't like Black Ops over Modern Warfare. Not around here, anyway. We don't put up with that, do we? <laughs> That's right, Mr. Wolf. But don't worry about Mr. Gareth Wolf, children, because Old Farmer McDonald is here to scare the wolf away with his weapon. And we are lucky that Farmer McDonald is here, as he has his weapon out waiting for us, children. Stop rustling in the bushes and say hi to the children, McDonald. Hi kids! What have you been up to this week, Farmer McDonald? I've been polishing my shotgun especially to take care of the kids. That is absolutely fantastic. Uh, that's a rather, rather impressive weapon you have there. It is, but it needs to be impressive it's good if it's going to take care of the wolf. There we Save go. all you children from the scary monsters. What's, what socks are you wearing today, uh, Farmer McDonald? Well, today's socks are dinosaur socks, because I keep dinosaurs on my farm. That is absolutely fantastic. And D is for dinosaur. It is. And you'll be giving the children some D later, won't you, Uh, uh, Farmer McDonald? Only if they're very good. How is Miss McDonald? Is she still locked indoors after that incident with Horsey the Horse Horse? Remember, children, horses are big animals, and even adults shouldn't play with them. <laughs> She's recovering nicely in the stables. Fantastic. Old MacDonald had no hair, E-I-E-I-O. But Old MacDonald doesn't care, E-I-E-I-O. Wow, what a great show we have for you today. We'll be giving you all the latest news in the gaming world. Not sold Minecraft to Microsoft for millions of pounds. Gambling it away in Vegas is where he can be found. Then there's the feature, followed by what have we been playing. Remember, old Farmer McDonald is still looking for children to enter in his farm competition. So if you want to help, please seek out the bill payers' permission before making the call. But before we do any of that, it's on to hot gossip. News that is so hot it deserves its own section. actual genuine gossip gossip you probably haven't even heard about this anywhere because it's just gossip oh wow there seems to be a lot of virtual reality headsets heading our way recently doesn't there a lot it does a lot how would you like one more well i would love one more you would wouldn't you because we want about six just lined up on your table and having to choose which one to use from 
Yeah. Well, we've got stuff coming from Sony, we've got stuff coming from Steam, we've got one coming from Oculus, we've got one coming from Samsung even. So how would you like another one coming from Nintendo? That's Nintendo. right. Nintendo have dusted off the old Virtual Boy original viewable 3D glasses type greatness and they are revamping it for the 21st century and bringing it back to try and shove it into our faces quite literally. Oh, that's pretty scary, isn't it, Don? It is quite scary. But Nintendo have taken a new tack lately. After old Iwata had his little scare with health scare and nearly died, he's come back from the brink and he's he's literally open to absolutely every idea possible, including this one. Do you think he's been uh, he's been assessed if he's capable of coming back to work? I think no. Okay. (laughs) But hey, it's a Nintendo headset. Who doesn't want one of those? Well, you know, the good thing about Nintendo is it basically has its own market, doesn't it? It absolutely does. And who doesn't want Mario jumping right into your face? I think we'd all love that. We'd all love that. Yeah. Uh, Tell us now the hot gossip part two. Part two. Well, for all you lovely collectors out there who like your statues as they're professionally known, I'm led to believe. There uh, lovely people at First and Figures have announced the first in their Capcom range, which is exclusive to them, because they build them. And it's of Beautiful Joe, the very nice Henshin a go-go baby uh, guy from the GameCube and PlayStation 2 days. There we go. It's Thanks rather lovely. Us. That's all right. Yeah. You're um, what so is you've it got about $209 to spare, <laughs> kids. Oh, I've only more. got pounds. Oh, then you're yeah. going to have to cost you about 175 of those pounds i believe and what is it about beautiful joe's uh statue stature that you love <clears throat> his pose as always is key to all yeah. these statues he's in the middle of one of his fantastic swirly actions with his cape whirling around him and he's got that beautiful little, little look on his face of pure joy he's a very happy character he's a very happy now is he happy i, I remember in the game he's insanely happy he's always happy he's just you know. I, I thought the whole point was that he was trying to—he was miserable and he was trying to make a girl like him. No, he got pulled. Well, the little boy character when he's just a, a normal boy. Yeah. yeah, he was mourning the loss of his girl to the to the cinema screen enemies. Yeah. Uh, but as soon as he turns into Beautiful Joe, he becomes extremely happy because he can just whiz through the world, jump on everything, shoot stuff, kick bombs and missiles, and do all kinds of cool shit. Well done, well done, Don. That was really nice hot gossip this week. Really, really well. family friendly. So now we're actually on to the mainstream news. Uh, Don's gossip is a little bit uh, sort of it's under it's it's the, it's a whole different level. It's more underground, isn't it? Um, But this is the sort of mainstream news that you could expect to see on any website, any podcast, anywhere else. Uh, NVIDIA, uh, Titan X graphics card unveiled at GDC, and they're saying it's going to be the most impressive, powerful GPU technological piece of kit that has ever happened. Gareth, would you like this in your PC? Uh, Yes, but I doubt my PC will be able to handle it. I'd probably need to build an entire new PC. Just for this. Can I ask a very quick question about this? Isn't the newest, latest graphics card that comes out from NVIDIA or ATI or whoever always the most powerful one available? Because it's the new one. 
<laughs> yeah, they're this, not going to say, is... oh, we're releasing <laughs> the least powerful graphics card we've ever done. Yeah, so... It, the most powerful graphics card ever. Well, obviously, because it's the latest one, so... You tell them, Don. Yeah, yeah. but it, the main surprise is because they announced it at GDC. There's a an actual uh, GPU technology conference later on this month. That sounds exciting. Well, <laughs> well, that's <laughs> the usual place to announce a new graphics card, but NVIDIA were like, nope, we're getting out ahead of all our competition. Boom. Titan X. Twice the power of our last card. Somehow, I don't know how they manage. Are there any games that can even bloody use that, Gareth? Um. Well, there will be, soon. What with yeah. Unreal Engine 4 coming out and... and- Hotline Miami 2 and Oli Oli 2. Exactly. Well, virtual reality, we'll get onto it in a second, but like, you need to be, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, Rendering. You need to be rendering the image (laughs) twice. So you need like a a high-res image at 60 frames a second or higher twice. On two separate monitors in one piece of kit, so it just graphics technology needs to be so much more advanced. Well, than it's it even got is sixteen now. gigabyte frame buffer. I mean, come on, what else do you need? Uh, well, it also has eight billion transistors. Wow! And it <laughs> allegedly took them over three hundred thousand man hours to create it. Wow! Well, there you go. It's, it can support four K video playback and new ten eighty p game streaming service which is really exciting. If you're one of these people that likes to put the latest piece of kit inside your PC, you'll be looking to get hold of two of those to just <laughs> say that your PC is powerful. And you're... Okay. Wolfenstein, the old blood, has been announced by Bethesda. The Wolfenstein, the new order, the Wolfenstein, the new order. No, that's not right. Wolfenstein, the new order, standalone prequel, will be available from 5th of May for PlayStation 4, Xbox One and PC. I absolutely loved it. Have you got around to playing it yet, Gareth? I haven't because it's not cheap enough yet. Disgusting! It's like fourteen ninety nine. Yep. Well, I so will the, uh... this be when it's out? Yeah. Right, Don, I... you're going to say now that you bought it, as in to make yep. yourself seem better than Gareth. But the <laughs> fact is, you probably haven't even played it. So no. the fact you've got it and you haven't played it actually makes you worse than a Nazis that are in this game. <laughs> I'm literally worse than a Nazi. You are. That could be my new tagline. No, I wouldn't Don, use worse than a Nazi. You should uh, put that as your email sort of tag at work. I might make that my new Twitter bio, worse than a Nazi. That there we go. HTC announces Vive as the first Steam VR rear virtual reality set. Uh, this is another virtual reality headset. I don't know how they're going to be able to differentiate themselves from each other. What is this, Gareth? Sum it up. What's going on? Um, well, basically, Valve who, as we all know, created Half-Life and invented Steam, which is the uh, PC platform of choice for pretty much every single game. They decided they wanted to get into the hardware business, as we all know, with Steam boxes. Um, but we spoke and... about the Steam VR headsets last week, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we knew they were going to announce it at GDC, we just didn't have any details, and now we do. Um, so now they're going to be creating it um, along with HTC, which obviously make uh, mobile phones and stuff. So they have expertise in making very small, high-def screens, which I imagine is the uh, what they'll be contributing with. Oh, yeah. wow, they're screens. But you need screens in a virtual reality headset. I suppose you do, yeah. 
I'm sure Gabe Newell's got plenty of screens laying around in his mansion. Probably. Yeah. But, uh, what's cool about this is uh, it's very kind of similar to the Oculus, but they've given us um, a few differentiating factors. For example, um, they've announced that they're going to introduce a full room scale 360 degree uh, tracking system. I think they're calling it the Lighthouse. Um, and controllers which will track movement as well. So you'll basically be able to get up and walk around your room and be walking around in the virtual reality. So essentially yeah. we're talking holodeck level stuff here. So, I mean, what happens if you've got a very, very small room? Well, you don't have to get up and walk around. No. But it will mean like, you know, if you lean forward or side to side, your character will also be able to do that. If there's an object like in front of you, you'll be able to like look at it from any angle. Uh, yeah. These controllers will probably be similar to like the Razer Hydra, which will let you manipulate objects in 3D. Um, it's pretty cool. And they also announced um, a couple of specs. So like uh, graphics will be able to run at 90 frames a second. That's uh, too many frames. Well, it's enough frames that um, you shouldn't notice. Yeah. Any like flicker or anything like that because there's just so many frames. But this is like this is the crux of why VR technology has never been really possible until now, is because yeah. stuff like having 90 frames a second on such a small screen that close to your eye, like we've only really reached that point in the past few years, mm. and it, we're at the point now where that kind of technology is just cheap enough where we can mass produce stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, and Valve have also announced that it'll be out before the end of the year, along with yeah. a whole new batch of uh, Steam machines. Um, and the Source Engine 2. And the Source Engine 2, which, which will be they're completely going to do nothing free. with. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone else will do stuff with it, though. That's but they just the... like making engines. Well, they, are, they have only made two. Source 1, yeah. which was responsible for pretty much every other game they've ever made. And now Source 2, which I guess only time will tell if it's a nice engine. But Yeah, oh, uh, that's a nice engine. I assume if Valve <laughs> point out, it's going to be nice. Yeah, well, you know, coming on from this, it's kind of linked in that HTC apologises for causing Half-Life confusion. <laughs> now, there's got to be something in this, surely. There's no smoke about fire. You've got HTC... Uh, the chairwoman has apologised for suggesting a Half-Life video game was being developed. Okay, why would she even mention that if there was nothing in the way? Would she even know that there was a game such as Half-Life existed? Because she sounds pretty sort of ignorant to the gaming industry. Well, this is what everyone's thinking, is that why would she mention it if somebody hadn't said to her, like, by the way, we're making a game called Half-Life for this, keep it under your hat. Her Her name's Cher Wang. I feel like I should just get that out of the oh way. Oh my right god! <laughs> keep keep that under your hat, share. You know. Yeah. But then she had to, she obviously had to come out the next day and say, "I hope I didn't mean to say Half Life. There's no Half Life yeah. games being made, everyone. I just meant games in general." And it's like, come on. Well, it's got the, even if it's not Half Life Three, maybe it's some sort of re- remastered version of Half Life to play on it. That would be my guess. You can already yeah. play Half-Life 2 on the uh, regular Oculus, uh, yeah. but you have to imagine if Valve are bringing out their own virtual reality headset, they're going to they're gonna proper optimise Half-Life 2 for that shit. Yeah. And it could be it could be pretty special. If you imagine if every person who gets 
the virtual reality headset is also just given Half-Life 2 in this new virtual reality. That would be yeah. a pretty big deal to just it's instantly a have world. a game that works. It really it's is. It's a lovely world. It's terrifying though. It's fucking head crab jumping at you in real life. Yeah, could you imagine the head and seeing its sex organ going up against your nose? <laughs> That'd be really scary. Uh, but Sony's Project Morpheus released into... Oh, this is getting kind of boring now. Maybe we should just call ourselves the VR headset central. It's catchy. There's literally a hundred of these things. It's ridiculous. Yeah, and it's it's like... It's hardware. You know, let's talk about software. Like no one's saying to me, oh, Rob, this is what you can do with these things. People are just saying this is how powerful these things are. Okay, brilliant. But show us some games or announce some games or do something. Oh, we're... Because, you know, they're saying that would be released at the end of the year. Uh, this headset will be the first half of 2016. But what are we going to be playing on them? You know, when a console is uh, sort of announced at E3 a few years before, we're given some kind of inkling as to what's going on. I don't want a load of tech demos. You know, I want to know if I'm going to be playing a Halo, if I'm going to be playing a Half-Life, if I'm going to be playing a Need for Speed. Do you know what I mean? I don't think it's too much to ask. Uh, well, no. E3 is only a few months away, so yeah, mm-hmm. I imagine it's going to be fucking packed with that kind of stuff. But, yeah. Don, Project yep. Morpheus, a year from now, yep. you have a PS4, this is a PlayStation uh, product. Yep. Am I on board? Is Are you on question? board? That's my Am question. Am I on board with Project Morpheus? Uh, it's it's difficult. I think selling this to people is going to be difficult because you can't see the effect just by watching a video of it. They've mm. got they're going to have to put stations around everywhere that people can try this stuff out for themselves to really sell it to them. And I think that's what I'll be waiting for until I can actually try an actual headset for myself and see how it works, see how it feels, and see if I really want whatever games they do eventually put out for it. Um, it's it's really difficult. It's really difficult to say. You're going to walk like into it. a game and there'll be one on, on display and you'll try it and you'll get home. Yeah, Two I'm days later, you'll have pink eye. And you're <laughs> like, oh, oh yeah. no. Oh, can you imagine the heads it would have been on? And, oh, oh God. gone. All the transference of grease and scum come from the general public. And, oh, and the tears of joy from the Someone would have sneezed while wearing it, and oh god! <laughs> oh. Right, so uh, <laughs> Unity Five is available now. That's another uh, game engine. Unreal Four is available now. Uh, that's another game engine. So game engines and hardware, but no games. <laughs> so, you know, Just make your own games. Basically, buy the headset, buy <laughs> Unreal Four. Or, well, Unreal Engine 4 is now free. And yeah. And just basically design your own games. There you go. That's what they're going to do. I'm going to make their own games before the Morpheus comes out. <laughs> so, I, have, I have a friend who really, really wants me to try making a game. Yeah. But it sounds like a lot of work. I can't really be asked. Mate, you can't even be bothered to edit a podcast most of the time. That's <laughs> <laughs> what Let alone program your own game. Okay. Probably won't have any sound or anything like that. <laughs> just be a dot that'll be that's a feature mate it'll be all atmospheric and yeah yeah if it's an indie game be whatever you want we could be the first virtual reality podcast it's just us (laughs) sitting on a sofa 
you could make us, but not too good. Make us on the Source One engine, where we've got them kind of weird faces, and we could talk, and people can walk around the room, look at your hair and stuff like that, and feel like they're touching it, sort of polishing Don's head, uh, <laughs> touching my, I don't know, my gland, and they they could just walk around the sofa and look at us while we're talking. Fantastic. So I'm not really into engines. Are you, Gareth? Um. Not massively, but I like what it encourages. Like, anybody who has a good idea for a game, yes, it would be an indie game, Rob. But anyone who has a good idea for a game, now there's so many tools out there for them to just go out and make it. And that's how we got games like Gone Home and things like that, which are just very simple ideas, but done incredibly well. Gone Home, incidentally, has been cancelled on consoles this week. Yeah. Yeah. which is funny that it just popped into my head. But, um, yeah, it just means more games, which is a good thing. We like games. We we do like games, uh, but, you know, Unreal Engine, there was a time when everything was made in Unreal. Uh, what games are used Unity Engine? Because it says Unity 5, but I can't think of anything that's used it before. Um, I think Unity... It's more useful for, like, uh, phone games and stuff. Oh, okay. So, there are some games that use it. Like, uh, Crossy well, Road, I think. Fantastic. Like an Endless Frogger, if you've yeah. played that. I no. think that was a Unity game. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, Fable Legends confirmed as free-to-play title in the trailer. <laughs> uh, well, Gareth, that, yeah. that seems a bit... Did that make you laugh? Yeah, because... I don't know if you remember, but we were like talking about what came out on the stages at E3, and we pretty much all universally agreed that this game looked wank as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it did look. So it just made me laugh. Yeah, I mean, I think that the time for Fable has been and gone. Really, it, it was. It was never an amazing game, and you know things like Skyrim and stuff like that. Have, I don't know. It, it seemed it could be my first Skyrim. It could be amazing. It could be anything. But whilst I like Fable One and Fable Two, Fable Three, I didn't think they were as groundbreaking as they're sometimes made out to be. I don't know if you two get the same feeling about them. Yeah, I've never been a fan of Fable. I loved Fable yeah. Two, mm. but Three was terrible. Yeah, but did you think Fable Two was groundbreaking or anything special? Yeah, I, I genuinely did. I paid extra money for the DLC just to bring my dog back to life. That's how <laughs> attached I was. Oh, yeah. To that game. That game was so good. You could have kids, you could marry people, you bought oh, all. You buy. Like real life. <laughs> you buy a property and then it gradually makes you money and you have a shit ton of money. Yeah, but is it in depth? Because I was playing it and I didn't think it was so much. You can throw the ball. Right, and then the dog oh, will play me. fetch with yeah. you. Fantastic! That showed me. <laughs> the dog uh, was awesome. All right, well, play um, a dog's life on PlayStation Two. That was fantastic dog simulator. Try and free the artifacts of power. This sounds like something Gareth would play, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. You so, what is Trine, Gareth? Talk to us about Trine. Trine is a game where you play as three characters at once. You can switch between them at will. Wow. And they each have different sets of skills and abilities, and you have to use them to solve puzzles. 
Yep. Essentially, it's the Vikings for the Amiga, but made for modern-day consoles. Yeah. All right, granddad! <sighs> Vikings was a classic. Thank That's you. What I'm saying. <laughs> you can play as the Vikings in uh, Heroes of the yeah. Storm. <laughs> oh, I don't know why I laughed there. Eh? Oh, no, it was a really misplaced <laughs> laugh, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but try. Are you excited about trying? Um. See, the first one was very good. Thank you. And the second one was very good. And there doesn't need to be a third one, really, because it, I expect it'll just be more of the same. Yeah. Which is well, weird. There we go. Good um, games, though. You should play Tran 1 or 2. Yeah. I'll try. But seeing as I haven't got anything to play them on, uh, I won't get very far. <laughs> uh, Metal Gear Solid Five, The Phantom Pain... Release date is revealed to be September the 1st. Now, I'm quite excited about this one because Ground Zero stirred up my uh, my interest for this game. You two need to play it as well. Don will probably still be playing Destiny or something like that. Gareth, you probably won't give it a chance <laughs> because you, you're one of these... You're like me. Oh, I didn't really like Metal Gear Solid, so there's no point. But without playing Ground Zeroes and realising the difference that they've implemented... I want to play Ground Zeroes. I just don't want to pay anything above a fiver for it. Okay. And, and I don't want to buy a disc either because I've become very, very lazy. So uh, as soon as it's on the PS Store for like four ninety nine, um, which hopefully it should do probably the week before Phantom Pain comes out as a promotion, yeah. um, I, will, uh, I will pick it up and give it a go. Because I'm interested in Phantom Pain, so, so I would like to play uh, Ground Zeroes beforehand as a little, yeah. taster, little, little tasty treat beforehand. Yeah, and uh, Hideo Kojima has said that it will be his last Metal Gear Solid that he'll be working on. Of course it is, on. of course it is. Yeah, yep. which is absolutely brilliant. Uh, <laughs> Gareth, you, are you going to give Ground Zeroes a go? No. See, I've this, never, this was so... I've never played know, a Metal Gear Solid before. I know. No, not even the first one. No. Well, the PS1 version. Not, it, it, not even the... Uh, I guess you were about, what, six or... Seven when the original came out. The original came out in nineteen ninety-eight. Out of ten. <laughs> <Yay>. <laughs> I was thirteen at the time, and I remember going around with my friends in the school holidays. Uh, the six weeks—they seemed so long, didn't they, Don? That yes, endless summer. Fantastic! I loved the summer. The summer of ninety-five. Oh, what year? Oh, that, that was the best. That was the ever, best summer of the nineties ever. Yeah. Um, According to a leaked video, the upcoming stealth, yeah, it is coming out on September the 1st, but it's quite sad that you haven't given Ground Zeroes a chance, Gareth, because I think you would actually quite like it. It's, it's, it's more like Splinter Cell than anything else, uh, if I was to put it in with another game. Uh, and I think that it was released not just for G- um, Metal Gear Solid fans, but for people that us that are a bit kind of, you know, we're not too interested in it. Uh, we we didn't really like the games before, uh, so Ground Zeroes kind of stayed away from. But I thought I'd pick it up, and I did thoroughly enjoy it. The new gameplay mechanics and the way that he he controls is just, it's just so vastly improved. It's more intuitive. I used to find Metal Gear Solid sometimes used to just get confused with what was going on because there's so many buttons to press, and you'd have to tap circle twice to get into it crouch position and then do it again to get into a crawling position 
and with the fixed camera angles, it was a bit awkward. But Ground Zeroes, it's got me excited for this game, Gareth, and I'm not going to apologise. Um, well, I regret asking you to apologise now. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, Elite Dangerous is coming out on the Xbox One. Uh, and there is also some other news uh, that was announced from GT- GDC, uh, which I can't remember. Oh, yeah, uh, Human Element. That wasn't from GDC, but that has sadly been cancelled. Uh, it was to focus on the more human element of a zombie outbreak. Like every other zombie game. Yes, but RIP to that one. May <laughs> rest please. The, uh, uh, the other bit of news that you uh, neglected to uh, to mention was that NVIDIA um, announced um, a Shield games console. Wow. Um, <laughs> according to them, it'll be priced at £130. Yeah. And they say it'll have twice the performance of an Xbox 360 and only use one-fifth of the power. Because they're going to be relying a lot on uh, streaming services and things like that. Because oh, so, I do so... worry about the power my Xbox gives off. <laughs> you know, it's a consideration. Um, not, not for us. But yeah, because it, it will be streaming the games and downloading them. Um, it doesn't really need any sort of uh, spinny parts for discs. Yeah. So it'll use a lot less power. Um, and there'll be 50 games at launch, including Resident Evil 5. Uh, Half Life oh, Two, Metal it, Gear Rising Revengeance. Oh my god! Yeah, so, it's uh, almost yeah. like a retro console already. It's, it's almost like an an X. You might as well just just buy an oh. Xbox 360. Yes, <laughs> even though it's twice as powerful as an Xbox 360, it's going to be playing the games that Xbox 360s played. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, like a year and a half ago. Yeah, uh, but there yeah. will also be a premium service. Here we go. That'll let you stream the games at 1080p, 60 frames a second. Which you'll not notice. (laughs) But those titles will include the next Batman game, Mm. The Witcher 3, stuff like that. So it's, you know... This will be under subscription, I presume. Oh yeah, you have to pay extra if you want the good games. uh... Buy this console then. Keep paying us if you want to actually use it for anything. (laughs) But they basically... They've said they want to make... um, Basically, the gaming version of Netflix, which I think yeah. is a good idea. You know, you buy this so, console, you have access to these games straight up. Gaming version of Netflix. So have some good content initially, and then have it licensed, removed from you six months later, and then yeah, you can't play it. Have no nothing that you really want to play on there after a year because well, it's all to be shifted off to other services. Well, that's why you pay <laughs> the premium and then get stuff like Batman Arkham Knight <clears throat> when it comes out. Oh, Gareth. So, yeah. Um. With these, with these things, obviously, that's all well and good. But oh. it said it's twice as powerful as an Xbox 360. And yeah. how is would we say that's as powerful as an Xbox One? How much no. more powerful than an Xbox 360? So it's, you're going to be stuck in a kind of middle ground. So you're going to be streaming games, which will surely be the Xbox 360 equivalent. Because they're not going to make a, a separate game that's between Xbox 360 and Xbox One, are they? Well, they could use, uh, like, you know, PC versions uh, made to run on a variety of different video cards and setups and stuff, so it could just be a scaled-down version of the PC uh, copy. It just makes you feel sick, Gary. That's likely what it'll be, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it sounds more like the like the Gaikai kind of um, 
service or the on live service, which yeah. is never That's what it works. sounds like. Um, which I've never used, but I hear they do work pretty well. Well, on live anyway. Yeah. By both people who currently have a uh, subscription <laughs> to it. Uh, <laughs> but I, uh, I want to play devil's advocate and say I'm cautiously optimistic, but uh, realistically, this technology has not worked before. And I'm not sure if it'll work. We just simply haven't got the connection speeds. You know, I it's sit not here. Just that, it's not just that, though. It's it's a, it's selling it to a consumer who goes, well, I've got either a console or a PC. Already. Where does this fit? And anyone who yeah. doesn't have either of those things is going to be baffled by this and trying to convince them to just buy this. Well, they're not going to be a gamer, are they? Well, no, they're also not going to be a gamer. Yeah. So it's, yeah, it's a hard sell. I think I can see this one kind of flopping. To be honest, I can't even stream a, a, a video of YouTube most of the time. It just says <laughs> buffering, let alone playing something in 1080p uh, 60 frames per second. Sometimes I'm just stuck on the buffering screen on YouTube or YouPorn, which is really <laughs> annoying when you're halfway through. <laughs> well, maybe this is your answer, Rob. Maybe you buy this and then you're able to stream everything to this. They're yeah. calling it yeah. a streaming supercomputer. There we go. It would be dedicated service, so. But it's it's a very confusing week this week. All the hardware, there's Steam machines. Yeah. There's like been four different Steam machines announced this week, and it's as well. It's like I don't understand what all this hard is. Yeah, like, and GDC... it's so confusing. Yeah, GDC's on right now as well. So yeah. I feel like next week when all this news has been sort of gathered up, we'll have a better idea. But as of right now, it's just news left, week. right, and centre. I I think that you know only in the next five years or so. <laughs> And that's not being like uh, joking or saying anything like that. But I think in about four to five years, that's when we're going to finally be able to look back and know what exactly was going on. Because there's so much going on, so much new technology. We're on we're on the sort of the precipice of going into a new kind of way of playing games. We're not too sure about it at the moment. We're a bit apprehensive. But I think looking back in five years' time, we'll, we'll look back at it and laugh. Or we'll look back on it and think, wow, that was really the beginning of something amazing. I think we'll look back at it and go, look at all that hardware that just never <laughs> amounted to anything. And it's all on scrap heaps. <laughs> just all these VR headsets. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing the news with us this week, guys. Uh, it's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, on to Gareth's... Well, Gareth, you know what it's going to be this week, don't you? Because <laughs> you promised. Street Fighter I... Rhythm. I said if there was any request at all for it, then yes. But there's been none. Yeah, but how do we know that? Because I'm an honest fellow. No, you're not. Any any reason not to play Street Fighter with Ridham. And and you you would take it. Just play it, Gareth. It will bring us a new audience. Is that an audience we want? Yeah, the Grime audience. (laughs) They don't have the nicest name. No, but it's, it's grimy. Uh, so here it is for the first time ever, um, Street Fighter Redem by D-Double. Hello everybody, it's video game music time with me, Gareth. Um, we're out of the uh, Classic FM Hall of Fame voting now. Uh, all we can do is cross our fingers and wait until Easter weekend to see if we got uh, a good chunk of video game music uh, into the Classic FM Hall of Fame. But now that all the classic music is uh, 
done and dusted, we can move on to some more interesting video game music. No, it won't be D-Double with Street Fighter Rhythm. Uh, as much as Rob wants it, I'm not really sure about just straight up putting a commercially released song in a podcast, so we'll maybe leave that for a little while. But the song that I have chosen is uh, inspired by our feature this week, which as you'll have heard at the beginning of the show, it's us talking about how great Beautiful Joe is. Um, and that really got me thinking about Clover Studio, the uh, company that made Beautiful Joe. They also went on to make Okami in God Hand, which are just two of the most incredible uh, games of the past 10 years. Uh, Okami is a work of art, and God Hand is a work of fun. <laughs> um, so the track I'll be picking for you is from God Hand. Um, for those of you who don't know, it was on the PS2. And it's a game where the basic idea is it's a fighting game where you get to pick your combos, uh, you get to create them from scratch, picking different like punches and uppercuts and kicks and headbutts and all this kind of stuff, put them in an order, make your own combos, and it was super, super fun, super crazy, um, as you'll tell from this track, because not many games um, ending credit sequences end with a really cheesy pop song about what happened in the game. Um... <laughs> So this is from the end credits to God Hand. Uh, it came out nine years ago. It's not really a spoiler. It's just a fun piece of music from that game. So, to summarise, God Hand for the PS2. And this is the theme from the end credits. <laughs> What am I? It's time for me to choose my path. The power of my God hand. No evil doer will get past. Hand to hand or fist to fist. Kick the nuts or twist your wrist. God power keeps my pimp hand strong. So trust me or you won't last very long. Dragon kick your ass into the Milky Way. Olivia 
with my shockwave. Shockwave! More beheadings than a guillotine. Head slicer. Head slicer! My arm, my arm, my arm, my arm, my arm, my arm. My summon of the powers of the You spoke about your love of useful journal, and now you're going to spend the next 10 minutes talking about your love of this wonderful game developed by Capcom Clover Studio before it was so wrongly and brutally ripped from its mother's womb. Don will now take you through the past, the present, and the future of Beautiful Joe 1 and 2, and Beautiful Joe Red Hot Rumble, which wasn't as good. Wow. You already know more about the beautiful show than me. Because you didn't even know that was a sequel. Oh, for fuck's sake. Oh, this is the problem. <laughs> what? No, 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 no. Wait. You were gonna, I thought you were going to say I didn't even know that there was a, like, a spin-off Smash Bros-style game that was released on the GameCube and later on on the PSP starring the stars of Beautiful Joe. You're telling me that you didn't know that there was a Beautiful Joe 2. Correct. <laughs> I oh, know. God. Like, this is back in the days when I used to love completing video games one at a time and then wouldn't move on to another one until I completed No, 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 that doesn't make sense. It does, because the reason I have ignored Beautiful Joe 2 is because I've never managed to complete Beautiful Joe because the last fucking stage is every other boss, one after the other, immediately, with yeah. uh, that's even harder than the previous boss fights you had during the entire game. And it's insanely difficult, you, so I've you never... You know that some games improve on their predecessors <clears throat> yeah but this one didn't need to Beautiful Joe was a side-scrolling beat-em-up of yeah. perfection but you didn't bother picking up the sequel too <laughs> yeah because I never completed the original like, I don't want to play the sequel until I've completed the original oh, but I never I, did no, you're, you're weird I'm not weird that's how oh, games are supposed to be the last week <laughs> and Rob's gone into a cupboard yeah Ocarina of Time oh that was absolutely fantastic you know it was one of those Real games that are one of the best things So, what about uh, Majora's Mask, Don? Come out of the cupboard, Rob. You're in a cupboard. Sorry, I'm, I'm out of the cupboard now. Uh, so, what about uh, Majora's Mask, Don? Was that any good? Uh, no, I didn't get around to playing it. Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> You're a sadomasochist of gaming. You don't want to give. Give yourself that extra bit of love. I yeah, I I'm very temper tempered with my my own pleasure. I'm better at giving than giving to myself. Oh, hey. so tell us, Don. What? Because <clears throat> it's quite int- this could be a feature in itself. <laughs> you go into a game shop, okay? You see Beautiful Joe. Now, presumably, you clued up on gaming uh, because you would have gone in there. It wasn't like a big budget game it wasn't flaunted around everywhere you saw it what did you think I thought it was fantastic who who told Beautiful, you who told me I saw reviews of this game okay uh, and um, 
the obviously the first thing that you get about it is the look of the game. It's just it looks like a comic book, um, which is the whole point of it. Yeah. Um, the, the graphics were just really unique for the time, and it was only on the GameCube. And I had a GameCube. I didn't have a PS2 or anything else at the time either. So it was yeah. one of the games I could actually get for it. Um, it was one of the um, uh, the Capcom Five, as they were known. Um, the Capcom license just exclusively for Nintendo for which a, were. Oh my God! They were Beautiful Joe, uh, Piano. What's it called? Piano three, Piano five. Yep. Uh, which again, Piano three is a game I never managed to get my hands on, but always bloody yeah. wanted to because I'm a div. Um, well <laughs> that didn't. That never received a sequel. It didn't, and it bloody well should, because then I can play it. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> the other games. So yeah. you would play the sequel to a game you haven't played the predecessor to, but you won't play the sequel to a game well, that you played the predecessor. I would, but only because yeah, I can't get Piano 3 unless I pay an extortionate amount for it on eBay. Okay. Um, the other games were Resident Evil 4, which, as we know, is absolutely fantastic. Yeah. Um, One of the best. Killer Seb- Sorry? One of the best of all time, Resident Evil 4. Absolutely. And yeah. still best on GameCube. Um, I... I um, third-person shooter called... Um, no, sorry, not third-person shooter. Kind of an action-adventure first-person shooter called Killer7, yes. which I also got as well. That is flipping fantastic. But again, another game I didn't manage to complete because it just got fucking too hard towards the end. Go on, Tom. Um, but again, this had that, again, the cartoony kind of um, graphical style. There was quite a few games around this era on the GameCube, especially had this kind of... Um, uh, it's not anime. It's sort of Cell-shaded. anime. Cell-shaded. Cell-shaded, yeah, that's the one. Um, kind of style, but it was really artistically done in in, um, in Killer Seven. Absolutely fantastic um, and insane, literally insane. <laughs> yeah. uh, and there was supposed to be a fifth game, I believe, called Cancel, Dead Phoenix, that never yeah. actually emerged uh, because it just didn't uh, got cancelled uh, for whatever reason. And it's that, just weird. Yeah, but they were five. I mean, apart from Dead Phoenix not appearing, those were all excellent games. And they should have. Piano three really was the only one that didn't appear on other consoles. It is indeed. You're quite, quite rude. It's quite rude. Um, Probably because it was the one that sold the least. Out yeah. Of the but um, Don, I don't know how you can know things like that, but they not know that there was a sequel to one of your favourite games of all time. Well, yeah, I just, I, I just, I, I probably blocked it out because I didn't want to know there was another game I could play. Without having completed the first one, I just you know. <sighs> there was a. St- this might be around the Majora's Mask time. No, it wasn't. Obviously, it was blatantly uh, not. Sort of. Where oh, I don't know. Dude. Gone through weird phases of not being into certain games at certain times, but. You know. Okay. Um, well, maybe we should have asked Don before we presume that he would want to talk about Beautiful Joe and the series in in any depth. So it's, it's kind of. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we've all played different games. You don't necessarily know that much about them. Yeah, well, we do. Yeah, very random. If someone says, oh, Beautiful Joe, what a fan. T- oh, look at, look at this statue of Beautiful Joe. Oh, I absolutely love Beautiful Joe. Beautiful Joe's fantastic. You probably just sort of take, take for granted that they may have played the second one. <laughs> well... No, in this case, I'm afraid. Oh, dear. 
Sorry about that. So Have just... you played the second one, Rob? Have you even played the first one? Yes, I've got them both on the oh. PlayStation 2. Because oh, the PlayStation the 1 PlayStation version has Dante in it from Devil May Cry. Oh. The second one does have Dante in it, you're quite right. I remember seeing a patch The first one has Dante in it. The first one? The first one has Dante in it, uh, Beautiful Joe 1, uh, when it was released on the PlayStation 2. Oh, right. Uh, It was kind of like an incentive for people to buy it on the PlayStation 2 as well. I see what you mean. I know what you mean. It's, It's a brilliant game, very original, absolutely rock hard, rock solid, uh, you know, using all the VFX powers to combat the bosses and stuff was absolutely genius. Like you had that helicopter you were fighting and you'd slow down time, which would cause its uh, rotator blades to kind of slow down. So the helicopter would fall to the floor, Uh, just slowing down bullets and stuff like that and dodging them. It actually, it, it felt really smooth and, you know, the combat and everything, the punches and when you were doing it in slow motion and you would hit them and it'd go, It would feel a real sense of impact as their head would snap back. Uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Now, Gareth, you say a few things about Beautiful Joe. Uh, Beautiful Joe is the simple tale of a guy with a girlfriend who likes nothing that he's interested in. Yep. Uh, he takes her to the movies because he fucking loves action films. And of course, while they're at the movies, she gets sucked into the screen and kidnapped. And when he jumps into the screen after, he's transformed into a superhero. It's yep. just that classic story, you know. It's like a, it's like a Mario game, essentially. Um, I just felt like we should sort of tell people what the game actually is about. Uh, yeah, the VFX powers are so good. Like the very first time you slow down time and like give someone an uppercut, and you realise that because you've slowed down time, your uppercut is like incredibly powerful. Yeah, it's so satisfying. Like, you don't expect the game to become as rock-hard as it is, as fast as it does. I remember there's one boss where you're sort of... There's a thing in the middle of a room and you're jumping around the edge of the thing. I think it's like a generator. And I think the enemy is... There's like a sort of an evil version of yourself who has similar powers to you. And just... Mm. Man, I remember that boss fight just took me so long. I did that thing... You know where you sort of... In games where you have slow motion, you can sort of cheese dick the combat a bit to just do a little bit of damage at a time when you slow down and then just run away until you get more power and then just do it again. I remember I had to do that because the game was so fucking brutal. But so yeah. much fun. Like, just like being able to charge up, like, the uh, symbol on his head will, like, charge up and then you throw it out as, like, a giant throwing star. Or, like, doing a kick where your character just spins in midair. Just kicking, so you're just a big whirling dervish of kick. So satisfying. And yeah, I did play the sequel, believe it or not. Uh, yeah. Hey. You could play as Sylvia, she becomes a superhero as well. You could. She's a cheerleader. Yeah, you could shoot and then slow down time, and the shot would increase in size because it was travelling slowly. So they added way more mechanics with that as well. Yeah, and I think, if, if I'm thinking rightly, you could play a section and then rewind. And do it again, and then rewind, and do it again to the boss, and then play it, and then you would impact three times damage. Yeah, I think that's the sequel. That, that's yeah, that's the, the sequel. Yeah, nice. 
the sequel. But yeah, that was that was quite good as well. Building up your power, then it was like there was four of you fighting at the same time. But it remembered the combos that you did before. So yeah. all very inventive stuff. Uh, it could be an indie game now, couldn't it, Gareth? <laughs> well, yeah, indie games are very similar. They'll just have like yeah. a, a few gameplay mechanics, and then they'll just continue to use those in more inventive and more inventive and more inventive ways. That studio, yeah. oh, that studio was so good. Clover Studio basically didn't put a foot wrong. Like, they did really bad in sales. The platinum of the olden days. Yeah, like, Okami was unbelievably good, and God Hand is fucking awesome. Yeah. And those two games just didn't sell, so they had to get rid of the studio. Uh, Platinum Games, which they became, is doing much better nowadays. Like, Bayonetta and stuff is just fantastic. But yeah, like, that studio is just, throughout the ages been one of the best, most inventive studios of all time. And it kind of started with Beautiful Joe. That was the first game where they just... Like, every single moment of Beautiful Joe just feels sort of perfect. Yeah. Like, hell yeah, every second you're playing Beautiful Joe, you're like, fucking hell yeah. I'm fucking slow motion uppercutting this guy. And I see his face explode in slow motion and robot parts come flying out of him and then his body hits something else. Oh, yeah, it, it kind of it was it was kind. Of, I'm not saying it was an indie game, but but it it had the sensibilities of an indie game in which it was kind of like a side-scrolling beat 'em up when everyone thought that they were long dead, you know. But it had an yeah. interesting mechanic to kind of make it step out, like the logs that were coming down the waterfall and stuff like that, yeah. coming down fast, and you would slow them down. It was really good. It's like you had to think of how to use the powers every time. And it, again, it required a lot of skill. It was brutal. But uh, thanks for that, uh, Don. You're, you're welcome. I'm glad I could uh, share some of my vast, expansive knowledge with you. So, what have we been playing this week? I want to go first, guys. <gasps> because I... I feel so passionate about my life right now. And I want to share it with you guys. I, I sort of just... You know, okay. So, I go into Game Station. Uh, not Game Station, because it's closed down. I could go there, but it wouldn't be open. And then I'd have to come back home. But what I'm saying is, I went to game the other day. I pop in there every now and then in my local uh, high street, uh, see a few of my former work colleagues. And my friend said to me, you getting Dying Light on Friday? This was last Wednesday. I said, get a life like that. And he said, no, seriously, you should try it. It's They seem to fixed a few of the niggles that were going on during launch, which, which sort of lowered the reviews because people had a problem with them. Uh, you should really give it a really give it a go. Now I can't respect this guy's um, opinion. We we share similar interests in games, and I didn't know if he was winding me up. So Friday I went and got the game. Uh, I didn't want to get it um, because I knew that I probably wouldn't like it from everything that I'd seen, the things that I'd heard, the various glitches that I'd heard about this free roaming world. I just didn't really want to 
get into another one of these worlds because I'd already been playing Saints Row 4, which I was quite uh, remastered, re- re-elected, which I was, wasn't too enamoured with. I'd just been playing Far Cry 4, been playing Assassin's Creed, Sleeping Dogs. Everything just seems like blah, blah, open world. And I put it on. And I was quite impressed by the graphics at first, I must say. Um, and then it kind of pulls you in. The, you, you get given your first mission, which is to fix these uh, lights. So at night, um, they, it's basically dangerous to go out at night. And they put these special lights up that sort of burn the zombies or they don't want to be around them because it's like sunlight. Um, so you have to go and fix them. So I was like, okay, brilliant. It bleep, the blip comes up on the map and you're like, oh, here we go again. You run over there, stand there, and then there's nothing. And you're like, okay, well, what what am I supposed to do? <laughs> it's still nothing. And I can see that there's a light there, but it's not telling me what to do. It's There's no hint coming up on the screen. There's no, nothing. So I'm sitting there for about 10 minutes getting quite angry. <coughs> and then I think, maybe this game isn't doing things normally. Maybe it's not a Far Cry. And, you know, you'll get those games sometimes, because it was sort of like a tutorial, because it was only one of the first few missions, and you expect the game to handhold you through it. So I'm still waiting there, hoping that someone's going to come up on the bottom of the screen, like, you've got to press this to do this to do this. But it still wasn't. And I was having fun trying to work out how to get to the top of this pole. It's like a telephone hey. pole. Well done, Gareth. Sexual comment. <laughs> so I got up on a train carriage. Mm. And then I jumped up onto the bridge. And then I walked along this kind of wire to the point where I was at the end of this sort of uh, sort of metal platform that was kind of swaying in the wind. And I jumped over onto the pole and grabbed hold of it. Gareth. Mm-hmm. And then I fixed the light in. And it felt so good that this game didn't kind of hold hand me or tell me what to do. It kind of just let me get on with it and find out for myself. And the the sort of traversal, traversal of the terrain is so satisfying. People sort of liken it to Mirror's Edge. And it is, but it's a lot more diverse than something like Mirror's Edge because you're getting chased a lot of the time or you need to get away from somewhere, or you're doing massive jumps across. It's, it's not like a linear progression. You can pretty much go wherever you want. And I was like, okay, so this 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 is quite good. The, the atmosphere is brilliant in it. It really feels like <coughs> you're in an, it's like an anonymous opposing world that can just kill you at any moment. And I think a lot of that would be taken away if you played it in four-player co-op. Because I remember playing Dead Island, and Dead Island Riptide in co-op, and it kind of just counter it's counterproductive to the game. And I know it's not really supposed to be played single-player, but it, it's really enjoyable in single-player, because I, I, I think if there's four of you, it, it takes away that tension of getting ganged up on by zombies. I think one or two people is brilliant. But the game doesn't swamp you with missions and side quests. It doesn't have loads and loads of icons all over the maps there'll be one at two or two at most and it's so refreshing to have a map that's just not cluttered in shit of everything that you must do and (laughs) i was expecting not to like the game 
but it, it pulled me in and I've played about 25 hours so far it's it's absolutely ridiculous and um, it seems that with Warner Brothers and this new generation of systems they've got the financial backing uh, Deep Silver I think it is and they've got the sort of hardware to do the concept justice and you know you, you'll go through and it does feel like you're scavenging for things you'll find a pharmacy but it'll be locked and you, you don't know how to get in there it doesn't tell you how to get in there's a lock picking mechanic that's very similar to one found in Skyrim with oh. the dual uh, analog sticks where you have to sort of rotate them uh, so you'll have to find out how to get in there it's, it's, it's not all signposted for you all the while you've got zombies walking up the road towards you and it adds a, a, a real uh, sort of tension that I haven't felt in gaming for a very long time, especially in an open world game. They, they're not very good at creating tension because you're so free to go where you are, where you want to go. There's no real, nothing really pushing you in any general direction. But in this, you always feel that you're only human. You don't feel like a superhuman. And you can, you can fight four or five zombies at a time, but they can quickly sort of get around you and it's up to you to upgrade and get the special abilities, but you still don't feel like a superhuman. I've only come across one gun so far and I had 15 bullets in. Um, so it's, it's, it's not into the gaming, but you can, you can add kind of uh, powers to your weapons so you can sort of attach an electrical prod to it, which gives it an electrical current. Uh, which adds more power to it, but the world's so big and it it feels it's it doesn't feel boring. It doesn't feel like another American city. It's kind of like an Asian city, uh, sort of. I think I think it's a a fictional city. I don't think it's real, but the premise of the game is that you've been sent in there as an agent to um, to recover something from the island. Uh, so you're working with this shady organisation because someone's got something that they want, so they send you in as a kind of mercenary. But you kind of end up liking the people that are living there, trying to survive. And you've got one lot in a tower, in a tower block, that's sort of a scene of the good guys. And then you've got the bad guys, which is um, which is led by a guy called uh, Rasin, I think it is. Yeah, Rasin. And he's a kind of bad guy. He's got a lot of the bad guys with him, as you would. And they're kind of played off against each other. Uh, and they need something called... I forget what it's called, but it's, it's sort of something to hold off them turning into zombies. Because most of the people there have been bit. You've been bitten yourself. So it kind of plays out in the Far Cry 2 where you have contracted malaria and you need to keep topping yourself up with a medication to stop you turning. So it's very important that you keep getting this. But at the same time, there's this group that are also battling against you to get this uh, Ritz in, which is what it's called. And every so often, there'll be a plane flyer across the map, and they'll drop a kind of package. And it's up to you to get there before they do, so you can bring it back to your people. And you'll do a few few jobs for each side, each faction. And it's just so well played out the way it works. And you go around and you unlock safe houses, uh, because at night, and this is the big mechanic, uh, it gets very, very hard because these new type of zombies come out. And they're a lot faster, they're a lot tougher, they're a lot stronger, and they'll literally, if there's two of them, you'll 
messed up. You can hardly fight one on your own at times. Um, so at night, it's a whole different gameplay mechanic. It's more to do with stealth. You can go to a safe area and choose to sleep the night out, but the advantages you get is that everything's twice XP. So if you kill a zombie, you get twice the XP you would do in the day. So is that real risk-reward? And there's certain missions that can only be completed at night. So it adds, it sort of twists the whole game. You feel quite confident in the, in the day because the zombies are quite slow and shuffling and you can take on quite a few. But at night, the roles are reversed and it becomes a lot more like a survival horror game than an action game. And I think they've got both of them just spot on. And it's, it really is a fantastic game. And, um, you know, for someone like me that's been felt pretty let down last year from the games, this game came as a real surprise in that, you know, they really wanted to prove that they could do something uh, this generation. They they were confident with Dead I didn't really like Dead Island or Dead Island Riptide. I thought they were good concepts, but they were a little bit kind of... I don't know if you either of you two played them. I played one minute of the original Dead Island. Yeah, <laughs> and it kind of felt like you could get in a car, you'd drive along a main road, and all the missions would be kind of upside alleys that then opened up into sort of resorts and stuff. But this feels like it takes part on a whole map and it's all connected. And uh, I would recommend it to anyone, even at full price. You've got even the side missions. They're not just like you would sit there and stand there and say, someone says to you, I need you to get this. I need you to get that. And then it just builds up. It's kind of like they're people and they talk to you why they need it. And it will be interesting trying to get the guy's glasses from his old apartment, you know, that's full of water. And it's things like that. And they're interesting side missions. They're not just boring or you won't get someone saying, oh, I was writing my own journal here uh, before the outbreak started. You'll find a thousand pages scattered around the island. Can you please find them and bring them back to me? There's none of that bullshit so far. <laughs> and I'm actually enjoying it a lot more than I enjoyed Far Cry 4. And for me, the music, the atmosphere, everything is so spot on. It's like an 80s synth uh, soundtrack the sort you'd got on Dead, uh, Dawn of the Dead and stuff like that and the impact of the weapons the thing that they didn't quite get right um, in Dead Island and Dead Island Riptide it felt a bit floaty the combat felt a bit fluffy they've got it bang on you know when you've got a sledgehammer and you hit something you really feel it and you know I'll probably be talking about it again next week but it, it's really surprised me just how good it is Well, that's absolutely fantastic, Rob. You know, a lot of people were talking about, shall I get... And there's going to be a lot of people out there that are going to be put off by the initial reviews. But I like to think that Nobens, who downloaded it on digital uh, a few weeks, like a month or so before, were just guinea pigs to find bugs and report them before the big boys like myself came in. Um, Don, you've been playing Destiny this week. Uh, a little bit, but I've also uh, oh, played wow. other games as well. Go on, Don. Other game as well. Um, so one thing just to say about Dying Light, it uh, yeah, it does seem they've they've done quite a lot of good stuff with uh, adding new modes and new features on, um, yeah. pretty quickly, and stuff that looks pretty good as well. Like there's another there's another kind of hard mode coming uh, this week or next week as well. Um, they've added a whole mo- hard mode. Oh yeah. <laughs> it does seem pretty easy. That's the only sort of flaw I'd aim at it in that I'm playing it on my own. And even like the big zombies, I can pretty much beat on my own. 
and uh, even on the hard, they're sort of. Sorry about this. Zombie's trying to get in. Someone's trying to get in. Jake's Jake's tried to get in. He's gonna get his quiche. He loves his quiche. Sorry, just edit that out, please, Gareth. <laughs> Jake doesn't have um, quiche respect. Right, so, Don, as I was saying, it, it seems very easy. There's these sort of quarantine areas where you can go in uh, that are kind of like stories of their own. So they're kind of like, I think Gareth and these sort of people call them instances where you would go into somewhere and you'd have to do a specific task, but it's sort of separate from the main game. These are sort of like underground caverns. Um, and it said it was hard, and I was like, okay, well, maybe I should wait until I level up a bit, but I sort of just be on my own. <laughs> and I think if you've got four people, it could become a bit too easy, if you've yeah. got four skilled players. Um, but that's, it's good that they're adding a hard mode because of that. They, they seem to be listening to feedback and adding in features that people really want. Yeah, that's really good. It's nice to hear that happening from a developer for once. Instead of just fixing bugs and shit all the time because they've released a broken game, they're actually doing something useful. And it's not broken at all. You know, I was was expecting a few game-breaking bugs or something like that. But it's just so satisfying. It's a fantastic game, and it's brilliant. And if if you if you give it a try, you won't be disappointed. And I, I highly recommend it. Excellent. Thank you, Don. Well. This week, I uh, <clears throat> stopped playing Destiny for a little while and uh, wow. played. <laughs> so there's a huge noise in the background. Sorry, sorry. It's okay, Bob. Um, yeah, so I um, I noticed on the PS4 uh, uh, store that uh, Dead or Alive Five Last Round was uh, has like a thing called a core core game uh, for free, where basically you can download uh, the well, most of the kind of game of Dead or Alive 5 last round, which is uh, an update of Dead or, Alive 5, Dead or Alive 5 Ultimate, which came out on the last-gen consoles, um, you can play uh, the game for free for, um, for with just, like, four characters unlocked, and then you can pay to unlock the other characters and stuff like that. Okay. So I thought I'd give that a go. And even with just four characters, it's, um, it's a really decent fighting game. I mean, I haven't played... I think I played Dead or Alive, the original, years and years ago. Um, and it was really that kind of novelty game there where everyone was just obsessed with the fact it was just a load of girl characters with their boobs yeah. wobbling everywhere. Um, that, though, that hasn't ever changed in any of the Dead or Alive games or the beach volleyball kind of sub-game they brought out a while back. Um, but underneath all of that and what everyone talks about is just these boob physics and the fact the girls are in skimpy bikinis and all the guys have just, just got bare chests and leather trousers on. Yeah, um, some of them... <laughs> Some of them are really a bit S&M. They've got, like, chaps and stuff on, haven't they? They do, yeah. There's a chap still on it here. Yep, there is. Wow. Um, but underneath, once you, you know, once you stop focusing on the tit jiggling, um, underneath it is a really decent fighting game. Um, it's kind of a halfway house between what I see as a fairly easy 3D fighter in, uh, from, in Tekken. Um, and the more hardcore, complex, really need to know your characters in and outs kind of Street Fighter style stuff. Oh, like Smash Bros. Oh, this... uh, no, not like Smash Bros. Oh. Uh, <laughs> it's so it's it's kind of easy enough for you to get into and to pull off some decent moves, but you do need to really know your character, really know all your combo moves, know all your your your, um, your counters, um, 
your your power strikes and your blocks and everything. My favourite uh, character is Jan really Lee. Really getting most out of it. Jan Lee. Yeah. That would that be a girl by any chance? No, it's a guy. It's the one that's kind of like uh, Bruce Lee. Oh, <laughs> uh, the one who's yeah, and you got. Gareth's favourite character is probably Zach. <laughs> uh, I like King because he wrestles. No, that's Tekken, darling. That is Tekken. Uh, they're the same game. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's more like Tekken than Street Fighter, I'll, I'll give you that. But uh, there's also actually in, in this version of the game, there's a few characters from Virtua Fighter. So you've got like Akira from Virtua Fighters in it. Oh. Um, uh, well, he was in the last version as well, but it's been carried over for this version as well. And also like, uh, I can't remember his name, like Gen Wu or something, who's like the Go. old guy who does drunken boxing. Yes, Gar- uh, Rob. It's gone. In it. I think that's his name, G-O-H. He's got like scars all over his face. Uh, I don't know. I'll have to look at the character roster, which I will oh, do yeah. shortly. In the but... photo viewer. They in have the a photo, photo mode as well. There is a photo oh, That's one of the no. things about this goes. game. I mean, yeah. For, well, there's two levels to this game, really. You have um, the really, really decent, solid fighter. It's got great mechanics. The hit system works well. You've got throws. You've got counters. You've got critical hits. Combos, obviously. And learning them all and putting them all together. You can be, play it really complexly and deeply if you want, or you can just learn a few basic moves and still kind of, as long as you're ducking and dodging out of the way properly, you can still hold your own pretty much against some pretty decent players online. Um, and it's uh, the only thing you don't get unlocked is the story mode. Um, everything else becomes unlocked straight away. The only thing you have is just uh, four characters to use to start with, two guys and two girls. So that's one side of it. Um the other side is the kind of, I mean, the voyeuristic side of things. There is a photo view. Yeah. There dark, is, there's, there's movies to unlock, to unlock on this game called, um, and they're only the girls that have these videos and that's, and they're called paradise movies. <laughs> and <laughs> I, I'm not sure what you have to do yet to unlock them. Cause I haven't unlocked any yet. Cause I think you've got to be yeah, right. You haven't looked level. <laughs> You can probably find them on YouTube, no doubt, if you were inclined to have a look. But they basically, from the uh, from the thumbnail of the these Paradise movies, it, it basically looks like uh, babe each station. Of, each of yeah, it's basically a Babe Station version of all the girl characters in a bikini on a beach, just various lewd camera angles going around. Because you used to um, play Dead or Alive beach volleyball, didn't you? Uh, no, unfortunately, I never oh. got around to playing that. But uh, yes, this this. This game takes um, water physics to a new level. Oh, yes. Um, there's sweat and water. If, the, if you're playing on a stage with water and you end up in it, it affects the way your character looks. Um, and it kind of drips down the body and all the rest of it. You can see he's getting slower as he talks. <laughs> it drips down the well, body. The, the weird thing is, you, 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 cannot, you get all these movies to unlock. Um, but you don't get like a winning animation to unlock for each one, but you do get a defeated animation to unlock for each one. And the defeated animation is basically your character on the ground on all fours, panting vaguely, well, it's not even vaguely sexually, it's massively sexually sexualized panting on the ground. And you can spin your camera around, you can take (laughs) screenshots, you can zoom in. Can you look right at it? You can look right anywhere you like, and, and this game's filled. De- depending yeah. on what costume you've chosen for 
your character, you can zoom right in on the water droplets running down their body. Are you serious? You can see, yeah, absolutely. Does it what, sorry? Does the water go through their gusset? It <laughs> Does it trickle down their gusset? Because <laughs> I'm looking for it now. If it's on Xbox. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's quite something to behold, to be honest. And yeah. you do go, how have they ever got away with this? But the thing is, the gameplay itself is genuinely, genuinely decent. If you're a 3D fighter fan, it's a genuinely, really, really good, pretty deep fighter. Um, and, and a quite good wank. And also, Can you genuinely also, wank masturbate over it? I mean, there's no actual full-on nudity, obviously. But, yeah. you know, if, if you're... If, I'm going to say if you're a younger person who perhaps hasn't quite gone to the, you know, hasn't quite... Didn't go to school with girls. I mean, when you're, when, yeah, when you're about 14, you just masturbate over anything. Literally anything. Yeah. And this definitely fulfills that need in, the, in, in you. Um, there is, apart from all the voyeurism and the fact it's actually a decent game, there is a problem with this. Um, no. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. And it's the... I don't know how it is. Uh, oh, well, full, as this is just the, the core game that you unlock for free, um, the way they're getting you, the money out of you is to sell all the other characters to you on an individual basis for £3.49 each. Wow. When well, you bear in mind I, there's... There's something at the moment called Dead or Alive 5 Last Round Core Fighters, is that that's, it? That's it, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that, that will unlock um, four, character, four characters for you to start with. Um, and you've got a selection of costumes on all of them, some of which are fairly exciting uh, oh, yeah. for the men as well as the women. And, oh, yeah. But yeah, if you want to expand your roster, you can't expand it just by playing the game because so, I've played through and I've completed um, several uh, several, I, I several don't know, mate. You're just talking about the game, and my roster's expanded a it, few I'm inches. Yes. Surprise! <laughs> yeah, but. But when I've added it up, the only thing you don't unlock for free is the story mode, which you may or may not want. You can unlock. Oh, are you bit. moaning that you can't unlock the whole game for free? That's basically what you're doing. Isn't it? <laughs> no, but I've just—I went through and I added up the cost of unlocking the full game. Uh, the story mode is eleven ninety nine. Then each character is three pound forty nine or three pound seventy nine, and there's yes. thirty four characters. So there's thirty extra characters to unlock. So. There's also costume packs that you again have to pay for. They're like 79p for each costume for each of these 30 characters. <laughs> yeah. And when I added it all up, you can buy the costumes individually or as packs. And it's well over a hundred quid if you want to unlock every single yeah, item. But you could just buy the full game for 31.99. It's not 31.99 though. If you've got the digital version here, it's 79.99. Just for the and and there's still costumes to unlock on top of that version, um, uh, even though yeah, it's you know, the full or... game. So it will cost you an absolute fortune to unlock everything. Mm. <clears throat> some of the costumes, though, you probably I mean, depending on who you are, I mean, some of the costume packs are fairly obscene. I mean, there's oh, yes. the female costumes. That can only be downloaded. They can't. Some can be unlocked during just playing through in the game and completing the various uh, various characters. 
but a lot of them can only be bought online and have to download them. And some of them are costume packs, such as nurses' outfits uh, and sexy Halloween costume type thing. But there's a pack which is just towels. It's literally just <laughs> the girls wearing nothing but a bath towel as if they've just come out of the shower. Game of the year. And they've had a fight. <laughs> It's just, it's kind of insane that they've, A, thought of that as a costume, and B, somehow they're getting away with it. Yeah, uh, but it's... I suppose it's it's not bad if you just like playing as one character. Like me, I would just like say play as Jan Lee, which yeah. is the only player I really played with. So I could get away with just playing at £3.50. You, you could. Know, but if you wanted to pose all the women, like you say, in compromising positions, it's going to cost you a fair, fair bit. It certainly is. I mean, there's no shortage of costumes. There's um, there's twenty odd to between twenty and thirty um, costumes, depending on which character. You seem to know quite a lot yeah. about this. Don. Well, yeah, I've been started, you know, checking. Well, up the on thing it. is, you, you don't show much interest in your 3ds XL with Majora's Mask. <laughs> you didn't play a virtual, uh, beautiful Joe too, but you have worked <laughs> out what every single costume each of the women have. Uh, <laughs> The water droplets going between their breasts. What it would cost if you were to buy every single one of them and what it would cost to put them in towels. That's because this game forces you to look at those things and to wonder, what am I actually... What are my options, really, with this game? Because you're presented immediately with with these sexualised characters and they're so sexualised, it's unbelievable. There's even an option in the game to change the breast physics. That's an actual option in the game. I think they had it in one of the other um, previous versions, but when you go to a game and you check out the game settings, what can I change on this? I might want to change the way the camera works and all that kind of stuff. You get whether you can switch the dirt on or off, so whether they get dirty. You can switch on or off the sweat (laughs) and water. And then there's one for breast motion. And the options are natural, which, by the way, is anything but natural. Um, Dead or alive, which just makes them insane and then last round which is this particular version of dead or alive 5 i've yet to determine the difference between the dead or alive and last round versions of wow, we've really been studying this, <laughs> i've been studying up because this has been my yeah. game week so but it's it yeah i mean do you have the full <laughs> press visit dirt and sweat all turned on oh yeah i mean you've, you you know you would wouldn't you and bruising <laughs> there yeah. is no there's no bruising, but uh, oh, no. yeah, you do have destructible environments. Again, another feature, cool feature of Dead or Alive, Dead or Alive series. Destructible environments, multi-leveled environments. I mean, they've actually put a really decent game in here. It's a genuinely really good fighter. Yeah, uh, you just have to be aware that you may be distracted whilst playing it. So there you go. It's And it's free right now. I mean, you've got four characters only unlocked at the moment, but hey, if you want a decent fighter, you can certainly make do make a hell of a lot of uh, hell of a lot of playtime just with those four characters. Mm. And you can't argue with free. But this model, I hopefully though, this model though of charging literally that much. I mean, for every single character, when you should just be able to unlock them or have more. You know, I mean, I know you're getting it for free, but when you add up the total cost, it's insane. Um, if you want actually all the content possible, it's mental. Oh, look, there's some furry yeah. bikinis with bunny ears. That's not surprising. Well uh, excellent. Uh, and that is my review of Dead or Alive Last Round. Thanks. It was quite brief, wasn't it? 
But fantastic. Gareth, you better have been playing something just as sexy. Uh, I've not been playing something as sexy, but I have been spending more time with the uh, Heroes of the Storm beta. Uh, oh. I'm not the kind of guy who'll just play something once and then never play it again. I like to stay with things and see Yes. See how they uh, sort of grow on me. Um, I've been playing it with a friend, which helps. Um, they've been playing it a lot longer than me, actually. They've had the beta... Well, they were technically they were in the alpha as well, so they've been playing it for a long time. Um... But I sort of I found a character that I really like, and they had a character that they quite liked, and I, it goes back to StarCraft. Like the character I like is a Protoss, and he can do Protossy things. Like he can Psystorm, uh, he can put Force Fields down, and those are all things that the Protoss units can do in StarCraft. And then my friend uh, plays as a Zerg, who can summon Zerg units. So. Or someone like Banelings or Mutalisks or Hydralisks, and that's really cool as a fan of StarCraft. Um, and we sort of, we tend to stick together, so we'll just be like the StarCraft lane. So we'll be like throwing out Psystorms and Banelings, um, and that's actually a loads of fun. Like, I think that's kind of where I found the fun in it, because if you remember last time, I wasn't that high on the game, but... Yeah. Um... Yeah, playing it with a friend who also used Ken's. to be way into StarCraft. No, it wasn't Ken's. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we like... Because, obviously, I played as Protoss in StarCraft, he played as Zerg, and we're doing the same thing now in this game that's completely removed from that, but it's still fun. Um, I've not played um, enough to sort of max out this character, but I've played enough to the point where I'm thinking, like, oh, if this... If the extra skins for this guy came on sale, I might buy them. I might spend yeah. money on this beta. Wow. Is, yeah, which is kind of something I wasn't thinking would happen last week. But just having a friend there who also enjoys something just enhances the experience of anything so much. Yeah, having a friend does enhance experiences. <laughs> there we go. But this especially as well, because, you know... It's it's 5v5. Just having at least one other person on your team who you can coordinate with makes such a big difference in enjoying games. Like You can say, like, right, let's me and you go for the top objective. And then you can coordinate with that. Instead of it just being five people, basically all just doing whatever the fuck they want and all being terrible at the game because it's a beta and no one knows what the fuck they're doing. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I'll play a lot more of it. As, as far as I know, more of my friends are going to start getting in. To the beta, so I yeah. could be playing a lot of that game coming up. But then, obviously, uh, Elder Scrolls Online goes free to play in like less than two weeks, so I probably won't have a lot of free time coming up soon. Which is nice. Yeah, it is. Makes a nice change. Um, I did play a bit more Civ Five as well this week. Um, if you all remember, I was in a bit of an epic war last time. Uh, but I was getting a bit bored of that, so I just completely deleted that game, started again, uh, and played like another twelve hours of it. So that game, twelve hours. Yeah, that game's like a dangerous prison for your brain. It's kind of not dangerous prison for your brain. It's kind of not good to play it, but it's so addictive. Oh, yeah, so good. The best games are usually like that, Karen. <laughs> they are though. They're, they're dangerously addictive. You can use, lose absolutely hours to them. 
like you will with Dead or Alive, I'm sure. I, I was playing Dying Light. Uh-huh. Dom was playing Dead or Alive. Yeah, I know, but you're downloading it, right? So I'm downloading it right now because, you know, I do like Dead or Alive. And like I say, sometimes you, uh, with one-on-one beat-em-ups, they, they kind of get, uh, not that they get annoyed, annoying, <laughs> but you just, like I was saying the other day, you, you got them back in the day because of the limitations of consoles and you felt that they were some of the best in regards of showing you what they could do graphically and mechanically, they were brilliant. They felt fantastic. But now when you can explore whole worlds and you've got games within games and games that do different sorts of genres in one game, two people fighting on the screen, it has to be so good to get your attention now. Yeah. It has to be amazing. But like, you know, you'll win a game or you'll lose a game. And if you lose a game, you get to zoom in on your female ladies sweaty boobs yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be awesome just like you know at the end of a fight in Mortal Kombat you get to see somebody's head sliced in half and their brain fall out like that's that's also awesome just keeps you coming back I think uh, Don got a bit flustered talking about breasts and stuff because he's actually left the call saying his battery died yeah right Don more (laughs) like you were teasing yourself talking to us about it and you've just gone off to furiously get rid of whatever it was that was building up inside you <laughs> uh, so I think that is a great place to leave it, it's been a fantastic um, fantastic podcast today Gareth, uh, is there anything you want to say about at Game Banter uh, go to gamebanter.co.uk for all of our old episodes which turns out to be over 55 episodes so if you want to go got- and listen to over 50 episodes of podcasts they're yeah. all there at gamebanter.co.uk. Just listen and turn back to back and you'll see how the game industry has changed over the last year because we've been there at the front, at the forefront, at the battle line. So from me and Gareth, it's goodbye. Uh, from Don, it's goodbye. Uh, he's probably furiously making himself feel guilty right about now. What would, uh, what would Don say if you were here right now, Rob? Uh, he would say, oh, oh, uh, bye. I need to go and unlock some more costumes. Did you know that there's, if you unlock five costumes at one pound each, it costs more than the actual game put together? That's a good impression. Okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> well, we'll see you next week when you can join us to the Game Central podcast, and it will be just as good. Will we finally find out what all of these VR headsets are all about? Will there be some actual games announced? And will we know where we're heading? It's a confusing time to be in gaming, but if you remain with us, we will guide you through it. Goodbye. Bye.